Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast, spiritual healing from trauma and abuse for empaths, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, spiritual mentor and author, and I'm empowering empaths three times a week in recovery and healing from narcissistic abuse and childhood trauma. Your human design, self-care, mindfulness advice, and expert interviews. Subscribe now. This is Season 5, Episode 15, Four Reasons Why Bad Relationships Keep Repeating for Empaths. I think that there's so much power in being able to hunt yourself with people who can be supportive or go find somebody to talk to. Because if you don't talk about what's going on and really work through that, then you can very well stay stuck in that mud. Like, this is just what I deserve. And I guess this is how people treat me. One hand to pull you out to realize you're not alone. And then all of a sudden you realize you'll attract more of those friends and that teamwork to help you get unstuck and out of this situation. After you've experienced that, I think it's really hard to receive that constructive criticism because your claws just immediately come out and you go into fight or flight. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional help. If you are experiencing fear, anxiety, and confusion from the narcissist, then I strongly recommend that you speak to a professional. I've been there, and when I left my narcissist, I found talk therapy to be extremely beneficial. And this is why I chose BetterHelp as a sponsor. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, who offers licensed therapists who are trained to allow you to talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. Finding a therapist is easy. Just fill out the questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Everything you share is completely confidential in therapy. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash E-M-P-A-T-H. The link is in the show notes. Whether you are an expert in relationships as our guest today or not, repetition of bad cycles can be maddening when it comes to relationships. Today you'll learn four possible reasons why certain people continually attract the same negative energy in their relationships. I'm going to ask you, have you noticed a pattern of toxic relationships in your life? This is something that's very common. You are not alone and it happens to many of us. You may find yourself repeating the same mistakes or entering relationships with people that bring out the worst in you. So today we're going to discuss the four possible reasons why empaths keep attracting the narcissist into our lives. And we'll be speaking with our guest today, Tammy Kaikafer. LCSW has operated a successful psychotherapy practice since 2002. She provides individual, family, and couples therapy around anxiety, depression, domestic violence, trauma, relationships, and empowerment. And she has an amazing book that she's going to share with us today towards the end called Preparing for the Jungle, Avoiding Snakes and Pitfalls on the Path to Healthy Love. So let's dive into the conversation. Hey, Tammy, thanks for being here. 
Hi, Raven. Thank you so much for having me on here. Yes, I'm really excited to get to know you more and get to hear your wisdom and information about so many things. You know a lot about human behavior and our emotions <laughs> and why things happen. So I really am excited to dive into this. Thank you. Me too. Me too. Mm, yeah. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of our conversation today of like, why do some people attract the same toxic behaviors? And what happens when we finally wake up to the narcissist? We tend to see narcissists surrounding us. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, tell us a little bit about how you got into this work, how you got into your line of work. So I, it's funny, I remember I was in 10th grade and I was sitting there in my geometry class and I don't know, some, it, it hit me, I'll never forget that moment where I thought, I'm going to be, I'm going to have my own private practice, I'm going to be a psychotherapist. And I just stayed the course and I was just working in so many different fields with corrections and mental hospitals and then outpatient schools. Yeah, I finally opened my private practice about 20 years ago and I've been doing this ever since. That is amazing. <laughs> that would be really interesting to see like what your chart is. If you have, I do read human design charts and I'm like, mm, lots of defined, you know who you are within, you have that drive and you just have that vision. I love it. Thanks. Thanks. Beautiful. What I wanted to talk about today is a lot of times I have these conversations with clients and with others and myself personally experienced this amazing awakening, right? We're having this great awakening that there are narcissists surrounding us. And sometimes we call other people who aren't technically NPD narcissists just because it helps. It makes us, I guess, helps us put a label on like distancing ourselves because uh -huh. whatever it is, they're being manipulative. They're being toxic, but then you start to see them everywhere and you're surrounded. So there are some contributing factors to that. Why do you think some people attract that type of energy? I think there's a few different things that go on. I think that there's as someone who is very connected to other people, you were, you're very sensitive. We're very aware. And when we see certain behaviors, I think that sometimes there's a want to help, a want to fix, a want to make someone's life a little bit easier if you can help them out. And a lot of times the scales kind of tipped. And I think sometimes we put way too much in and start to want to change people who really don't see any need to change themselves. And then you can get stuck in that rabbit hole and it just takes you down. So I think that sometimes there's that, that want to fix. Sometimes there's a people-pleasing aspect where you just want to be liked. You want to be loved. You want to be accepted. You want to be taken in. And as long as you can, sometimes people can morph into what they think that this other person wants. And then that doesn't work out so well either because you can just sort of lose yourself. And then sometimes it's trauma related where you're recreating a situation that you've been in in your past. And because you want to try to do it differently or you want to apply the things that you learned. And so sometimes we create those situations so that we can try to deal and cope with traumas that we've had in our past. Oh, yeah. Thank you for your podcast and book. It is helping me through this dark period. Thank you for sharing your story, end quote. I have heard this countless of times, and I am so grateful. 
My guidebook is to serve you in your healing journey, and it weaves my story into lessons and is a must-read on your self-discovery journey. I've included 20-plus healing resources, such as guided meditations, exercises, and journal prompts to heal and to understand your human design and some astrology concepts as well. You can buy your copy of my book, Empath and the Narcissist, How to Overcome Narcissistic Abuse and Recover from PTSD, Codependency, Gaslighting, Manipulation, and Learn How to Live Your True Self with Human Design 101 on Amazon and listen on Audible. I mean, those are three big main topics I just wrote. You're a healer, you're highly sensitive, you're a people pleaser, or you have some type of trauma-related situation where you mm-hmm. just either accept that or try and rewrite something, right? Right. Maybe like something's comfortable, but it's not always healthy comfortable, but yeah. it's a role that when you just fall into it without even really being aware of it until you're in it. And then you're right. Once you're in it, it's just like, oh my God, I took, I took the bait. What happened to me? Well, yeah, I think the thing about this toxic behavior is normalized. Like, especially as children and maybe depending on certain ways you were raised, like that authoritarian type of parenting, like, well, do as I say so, or this is because it is, it is, or eat all of your food on your plate before you can leave the table. Like those are all very well-intended, but also extremely authoritarian. Like it doesn't leave for any autonomy. It doesn't leave for any critical thinking, curiosity. And some may balk at the idea that that could be emotional abuse, but in certain situations, if it's repetitive, it can be emotional abuse, but it's normalized because it's the parent doing it for the children's own good. And I know a lot of narcissists will sugarcoat their abuse with that. Oh, I'm the only one who cares for you. So you need to do it this way, my way or the highway. And it's the same normalized BS, really. Yeah. Or there's, I think that what you're talking about, like there's shaming that goes along with if you don't do it this way, then there's something wrong with you. And then you just sort of learn those behaviors and learn those roles, whether it's a a parent, a teacher, a coach, wherever it is along your life. I, I think as a kid, you look up to adults who are in those roles and it's just, well, they must know what's going on. So clearly I don't know what's going on. And then that second guessing of your own intuition and gut feeling starts to happen. And then when you rebel as a child, you're then punished, right? So there's a consequence, there's a banishment, there's a negative reaction that you receive when you're saying, hey, the adult in my life is not quite right. Like, this is not right. I'm feeling and sensing that this is not the way it should be. But then they say no, and then you get punished. And so then that then conditions you to to silence your inner rebel and to silence your amazing light. Mm -hmm. Isn't it sad when you watch that go on and you can sometimes as a therapist and I see it happening from a distance and you just wonder what's a snapshot five years, 10 years, 15 years later for that person. And yeah. I know. And for me, I always go straight to, gosh, they're just going to be in this horrible relationship with this evil person who's just (laughs) manipulating and abusing them. And that that could be the case. And then sometimes you could just wake up to that. And sometimes experience does, like we need to go through the mud to wake up, right? You don't just absolutely wake up because everything's wonderful. Right. You're going to continue in your dream. (laughs) I think of them as learning opportunities. Even in my own personal past, I don't have any regrets. 
And I just try to look at them as these were learning opportunities. And this is where I am today, having to go through that mud and muck. But I think that there's so much power in being able to hunt yourself with people who can be supportive or go find somebody to talk to. Because if you don't talk about what's going on and really work through that, then you can very well stay stuck in that mud. Like, this is just what I deserve. And I guess this is how people treat me. And you just start to really believe that. So I really encourage people to get out there and talk and share your story and and just know that it doesn't have to be like that. And you're not alone. I think that's the thing that the abuser really brainwashes you into the fact that you are alone and they're the only ones who will listen and love you. They isolate you. And so you're conditioned to think that, well, if I say something, everyone thinks I'm crazy. If you are like me, you are probably asking yourself, how do I stop hurting after narcissistic abuse? Well, this is what I'm going to walk you through to gain your joy and confidence back in the first annual 10-day challenge. It will guide you on how to overcome pain from narcissistic abuse and live narc-free. I will post on the Patreon each of the 10 days for you to access for free. It will be a mixture of mentor teachings, healing exercises, and support. And we will have our finale event in a live Q&A event on Patreon. Registration will be open until February 6th, the day that the challenge starts. But don't wait, get your free ticket now before you forget. And if you just want to check out the new exciting things happening over on Patreon, download the free app, search Raven Scott, and click the three dots at the top right of my page and click follow. So you can follow along and be a fan for free. If you wish to join as a founding member, just click on over $8.25 to join as a member and unlock all of the amazing healing tools and support. Can't wait to see you there. Mm-hmm. And again, I was just talking to another person and she was like, I didn't feel comfortable or safe, but I didn't want to tell the group because I didn't want them to think I was crazy. Aww. And I said, but you can find different wording, right? In your head, you might think that they're crazy, but can you find different vague wording? Like this guy gives me the creeps. I don't feel safe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can I just stay over here with you? Like, I think mm-hmm. that's totally socially acceptable, but to speak up is where you get your power. If you stay silent, then they continue to have the power. And you continue to believe it and doubt yourself. And so it's just, it's a spiral, toxic spiral. Mm -hmm. It is a toxic spiral and it creates this big monster in your head that you feel like you can't defeat. Mm -hmm. And just this morning, I pulled a tarot card for the Instagram followers and it was this mountain. It was a three of pentacles and that's all about teamwork reaching out and gaining that support from somebody. There's at least one person. I mean, you're listening to this podcast, so you've got me. You can always reach out to me. You've got all the amazing guests here. You can reach out to them. Yes. One hand to pull you out to realize you're not alone. And then all of a sudden you realize you'll attract more of those friends and that teamwork to help you get unstuck and out of the situation. That just gave me goosebumps. Yeah, it is. It's like one hand to pull you out. That's all it, that's all it takes. But they don't know where you are, so you have to speak up so they can offer that hand and say, I've got you. Come on. Let's go. Yes. And even if you have no idea what's going on, I just have to put this point in too. When I left mine, I just knew that it was toxic. Like It was just like, I can't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. And then 
someone suggested I go see a therapist and I found this beautiful social worker, LCSW, and she helped me define and affirm, yes, you experienced emotional and sexual abuse. That's all it was. She didn't even talk to me about narcissism. All I needed and I was ready for that time was that I wasn't crazy and I was truly experiencing abuse. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a pivotal point in your life. And that was right. your one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was my one person. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I think that you're right. It has to be the timing also. And you've got to just be able to shake yourself enough to say something doesn't feel right. And I'm ready to voice that. And even if those first words are so hard to get out, sometimes just saying, I need to talk is enough. And then the other person says, about what? And then even if you say, no, never mind, never mind, it's already out there. You've already said, I need to talk. And so they will pull it out of you. The human curiosity will pull it out of you. I love that. That's great. (laughs) Can you talk? I need to talk. That's wonderful. So powerful. So back to this toxicity, Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, do you think that toxic positivity culture, like being overly positive, is a contributing factor to falling for this, what's the right word, for falling for the game of the narcissist or be attracting toxic energy? So I think that there's probably a few things going on there as well. So when I hear toxic positivity, I think of everything's great. I've got my rose-colored glasses on. I don't want to look at anything that's negative. And and I just want to be, if I can be almost like fake it till you make it type thing. And I think that a little bit of that is good, but too much of a good thing turns bad, whether it's too much chocolate too much working out, too much work, too much whatever, too much of a good thing can always turn into not a good thing. So as I am a very optimistic person and I like to have that positive outlook on things, I I definitely agree. I think that it can quickly slip into denial. It can turn into when you quiet your inner voice, when you quiet down what isn't working and what your gut feeling and your intuition is telling you, I think that it definitely takes a hit on your confidence. And the more quiet you are, the more passive you become. You can find yourself quickly in a negative situation, in a codependent situation. And I think that even the person who, and and you've seen it probably, I've seen it, that overly positive person, there will be a point in time where that volcano erupts and you better watch out. It can, because it, it has to go somewhere. So I feel like, It's either going to be internalized where you've got anxiety and depression and your immune system takes a hit. So maybe you get sick more often, you're not sleeping as well, or it's externalized where you see someone who's been passive, 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 all of a sudden come out with this aggression and you just are like, what, where did this come from? Well, it's because we're human and we can't just stay stifled like that forever. And the narcissist takes that opportunity and runs with it. They turn uh-huh. you into the narcissist. They turn you into the crazy one that needs to take medicine. And they just put that big fog over all of the abuse that they've been putting onto you and you've been putting mm-hmm. up with. And then all of a sudden, you're the crazy one. Yeah. It's and like they light the, the flame. Yeah. yeah. They, light the, they light the flame and then they watch it and then they like and add gasoline to 
and step back and go, wow, you really need some help, don't you? Why are you such a mess? Now you need me even more because I am the voice of reason, you know? Yeah. And that's that's gaslighting right there. I think that, that I know that term's used a lot, uh, but it's almost like when the word gaslighting came out, I think people were like, what? What's that? But the more you learn about what it actually looks like, I think it's so validating because you can go, I heard those exact same words. Oh my God, I felt that exact same feeling. I went through that exact situation. And so the validation that comes from understanding gaslighting and narcissistic behavior is is the validation that you're just, you're craving it for so long, but it's hard to get from your narcissistic partner or person, whoever. Yeah. Yeah. So validation is huge. It's beautiful. But in the moment when they're gaslighting you, you feel guilty as the kind empath who's been compassionate and caring this whole time and holding it in. And then you feel shame, right? It might go back again to the childhood. You feel shame. You feel remorse. You feel like you overreacted. You may have even moved out, right? This is what I did like seven times. And then you move out and you're like, oh, I think I overreacted. Like I feel really guilty about like exploding. That was not very me. And it was over something so minor, right? It was, like you said, right. it's because it was that last fuse. So, of course, it's not going to be over anything major. It's going to be right. minor and holding it in. And then you hoover yourself back in or they hoover you in. They're like, oh, baby, just come back, whatever. And it would always be like, well, if you just do this, then everything will be okay. It was never him. He would change. It would be me. And I uh-huh. would also take that on because I felt guilty about overreacting. So, it's like this perpetual control mechanism that they have on you you're right Mm -hmm. and so unless you realize you reacted was like affirm you reacted was valid your reactions and your emotions are valid even if they're over exaggerated right because you've been holding it in it's okay you're human and then the gaslighting is like don't let them blame you that you're the narcissist and you're the bad one you know, it's just so difficult when you're in it, but it's like on the outside, we're telling you just evaluate and stop and pause and don't feel that guilt and shame because guilt mm-hmm. and shame is going to hold you in their dark energy. And it's hard to see that in ourselves when, cause I'll tell, I'll talk to people about it takes two people to make a relationship work and it takes two people to make a relationship not work. And sometimes when people hear that and they think, well, wait a second, I'm not the one who's causing all this. I'm not the one, but you're the one who's staying. You're the one that's allowing this behavior to impact your life. And while you can't change somebody else, you can change how you react to that situation. And that's a hard one to hear because it requires that self-reflection. And I think that that's the most empowering thing that you can do for yourself is do the self-reflection and understand you're contributing to that toxic relationship mm-hmm. because you bought into it. And now you've got to really, really do that work and talk to someone and get a different level of support and build your confidence back up and trust your internal dialogue and help yourself. I think that that's, there's so much power in that. Yeah, I just experienced that the other day where I caught myself being lured back into the gaslighting. And it was like that moment of bless his heart. My husband was like, sorry if I'm harsh, but you're letting this person abuse you. 
because the moment, and I, then it clicked for me, I'm like, the moment that that person said this and made me pause and think, oh, am I wrong? Should I be changing something? Mm-hmm. That's That moment is where you need that cognitive awareness that this, I'm getting pulled back into the trap and mm-hmm. I am letting this person abuse me again. And then like, for me, I had to shake my head and I was like, yes. no, nope, that is not true. This is the truth. It's like, wake up from the hypnotism, really. Right, you shake your head. But it is part of that gaining your control and power back is mm-hmm. not letting them abuse you anymore. Right. And it sounds like you got a much more healthy relationship now because your husband is able to say that to you. And as hard as it is, there's that trusting atmosphere that... I love you. I don't want you to go through this. I want you to see what's happening. And I know this is going to be harsh, but, and it is, it's, it is hard to receive that constructive criticism. I think, especially after you've been in a relationship with a narcissistic person or experienced emotional, physical, sexual, uh, well, there's so many different types of abuse, but after you've experienced that, I think it's really hard to receive that constructive criticism because your claws just immediately come out and you go into fight or flight. So I think that's another empowering aspect is to just take that pause and do some self-reflection and so that you can do things differently. Yeah. And what's the one quote? It says, where you're triggered is where you need healing. So if you're triggered and your claws come out, like you say, pause and see, where do I need healing in this? Of course, you've been criticized your entire relationship for how many years from this narcissist, now someone who is healthy trying to help you, give Mm -hmm. you constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. Are you able to? And where is their intent, right? And that's always thing that's hard for someone who's been gaslit so much is like, where is the intention of this person coming from? Is it healthy Mm -hmm. and loving or is it just controlling and manipulative? And I think Mm -hmm. that hardest part, you just really have to tap into your intuition and see the actions versus hearing the words. Right. And I love that, that just knowing what's the intention behind what my partner or person around me, whoever it is, what is the intention behind their actions and behavior? And I think Mm -hmm. that's such a good point. Yeah. And I think the other part that I thought way back and then we got down this beautiful path of talking about this was the toxic positivity also can lead you to justify and explain and make excuses for the abusive behavior, which then again normalizes it and makes you put up with it and you're not taking responsibility and you're letting them abuse you and you're making excuses for them. It's like insanity, but it happens. But you fall into it so easily. I absolutely have fallen into that myself. And you're right. I think that that's part of denial. And I mean, rationalizing and justification, rationalization, those are, I mean, we can rationalize anything that comes along. And it's just a matter of really asking yourself, is this serving me? Is this serving me? And I have an 80% rule for myself. And my 80% rule is I've got to be at least 80% happy. And and that gives 20% for a bad day or whatever. I I mean, I shoot for a little higher. But I mean, I don't care whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's a pair of shoes. If I am dipping below that 80% for too long, 
I have to reevaluate what's going on in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and that just gives me that idea of an 80%. When you're in a relationship and you say, oh, well, we travel all over the place and we, and then you think, okay, well, we went camping and oh yeah, but then we fought. Oh, we went to the beach. Oh yeah, but we fought there too. Oh, I remember we took this amazing trip to Italy. Oh yeah, but he left me at a cafe. I remember. Oh, it's just, I think when you look back at that and that's that rationalization that can kick in. Yeah, make excuses. And I think they rely on that. It's like, oh, well, I gave you this gift. Oh, I took you on this trip. Oh, I did all these things for you. Let's say they work. Typically, they don't work. But sometimes there are narcissists who work. Mm -hmm. Oh, I worked all day long for you and I'm providing for you. All these different excuses. Mm -hmm. But it it does not excuse how you treat someone emotionally. Mm -hmm. And you can't blame them for you being bored or ruining the trip. Like Mm -hmm. your attitude is ruining the trip, not my actions. You can say, oh, I didn't like how you did that as a healthy partner and say, oh, okay, sorry. I didn't even realize I was doing that, blah, 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 move on. But the narcissist is like, you ruined everything. This is horrible. Why did you do that? It's like, you're overreacting like a two-year-old. I don't like, I don't understand. But it's important to stop justifying. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, 82%. And I think it's as an empathic person, we want to make sure that everyone's okay. We want to make sure that everyone's happy. And we have a hard time uh, hating someone. We have a hard time like really disliking somebody, even though internally it just feels so yucky and, and whatever. But I think that that something that can be helpful is understanding what causes narcissism. And behind narcissism is, I mean, my theory that I really align to is the attachment theory, but the personality disorders are formed between that attachment period. And that's between zero and three years old is, and then it's just, it's nature nurture. I think you're born into this world with a, a certain personality. And then that attachment period is when you really learn how to trust your environment and trust other people and, mm-hmm. and based on your caregivers and how you were brought up. And during that period, can really define the lanes that you fall into. And and oftentimes, I mean, look back at a narcissistic person, maybe there's so many insecurities that they have. There's so many things. They're the, probably the most fragile people in the world. And and so as a, as a sensitive person, as an empathic person, if you can try to shift that and look at it and feel, almost feel sorry for those people, you don't have to be with them, but you can still have compassion. You can still have compassion and and look at it that, you know, God, yeah, I hope that you fix yourself. I hope that you get the help that you need. I hope that you can find your own sense of being empowered, but I can't, I can't do it. I'm out. So being able to have that boundary, I don't know. Sometimes I think it helps to shift that into having compassion for that person. It's easier to leave. It's, Absolutely. I think it could also make it harder to leave. Like I'm thinking of myself, like because I stayed, I had so much compassion. I would see him in his weakest states and see that little tiny baby boy and be like, oh my gosh, I feel so sorry for him. And so that would make me stay. And I wonder if that was a trick that he did. But I I think it can be because that's when it's combined with also having someone else who you're talking to, to say, it's okay to have compassion but guess what? You can't fix someone and you're working harder for that person to fix their life than they're working for themselves to fix their own life. And that's, and you're going to burn out. You can't work harder for someone else's stuff than they're working for their own. 
And my other epiphany revolving around our conversation about them, you letting them abuse you, is that you can't heal anyone but yourself. There are right. certain healers right out there and there's therapists like you, but you can't, if they don't want to, you can't fix them. You can't help yeah. them. They have to want to. And narcissists are so insecure. They're so stuck in their victimhood and their self-loathing. They have to be willing and they're not at that vibration to be willing to heal. You can't heal them. Mm -hmm. They have to want to do it themselves. I feel like anyone can change. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in the profession where I am. But they have to want to change. And I'll tell you, it is really tough to keep a narcissistic person in counseling and even tiptoeing around and being as gentle and cautious as I can. There's going to be a point where I get fired. <laughs> They're just so fragile. It's like, I can't do, you... do it. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Too many triggers. And your trigger is your healing. So they keep avoiding their healing moments by being triggered and blaming you and running away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're in the relationship with someone who's narcissistic, you, because you can't fix them, it's hard for you to come around with that compassion and try to help them understand their own stuff because you're in it. And it, and so it, it does require sort of that outside perspective if there is a chance for them to change. So, yeah, they're wallowing their negative energy, their thick fog of like dark energy is like you've absorbed it like you say mm -hmm. so you're in it and you have the thick fog glasses on and even as much as you want to help them you can't because you're not clean and clear and out you're not seeing it from a bird's eye view you're not i i'm 100 it's like both of you are in the quicksand and you want to mm -hmm. rescue them but you can't you have to rescue yourself before you can rescue them quicksand's going to pull you down and you're both, Pull both of you down right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that outside rope. It's the hand. I loved your hand, hand. analogy. I just need a hand. Yeah. I know. I think I need to paint like a painting of the hand. That would be beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> this, I think, is so incredible. So beneficial. I think we've really gotten to the root and helped everyone realize that this, these are all the contributing factors of why you're still attracting toxic energy, why you're stuck in it. And or why all of a sudden you're awakened and you just see them around you, right? Mm -hmm. What you're used to. Tell us about your book and the work that you're, you've been doing. Oh, thank you. So I, I wrote a book and I also have an online course for people who want to dig in a little bit more. It's got modules and videos that go along with each module. But both of them are called Preparing for the Jungle, Avoiding Snakes and Pitfalls on the Path to Healthy Love. And Ooh. I wrote the book because I lived the book. And I started out, it starts out with understanding your family roles, how you grew up, why you're attracted to certain types of people, goes into the attachment and understanding personality disorders. And then it goes into communication and how we learn to communicate and what's healthy communication and what's unhealthy and then going into confidence and understanding red flags and what you really want in a relationship and understanding toxic behaviors and intimacy and, and how fear can drive you to stay in a bad relationship. So basically, it's like you preparing yourself and becoming the most confident person so that you can get out there and find a healthy relationship. And it can be for people who are out there in the dating world, but it can also be for people who are in a relationship 
that's just not working very well and trying to understand how are we fighting? It's going to fight because there's no perfect relationship, but how are we resolving our conflicts? And are these unresolved issues turning into resentments that are killing our relationship? So it's like therapy in a box. And I lived this and I just started all my sticky notes all over the place and pulling them together. And I thought, I, oh my gosh, I just I wrote a book. And then I found a publisher who took it up and published it for me. And, and it's just been an amazing experience. But yeah. That sounds beautiful. It sounds like all of the really essential information that you need to know, right? The attachment yeah. theory and the red flags and the personality. Right. And it's like a workbook at the end of each chapter. There's your goals. There's things to work on. I also have a, a group. It's called the Women's Empowerment Toolkit Group. And then there's a VIP women's empowerment. So when you do the course or the book, you can come into this group. We can process it. I think that there's so many people out there who are just going through the motions and they don't understand why am I doing this? Why do I keep getting into these bad relationships? Why do I keep attracting this type of person? And it almost feel like, oh, I cracked the code in my own life. And I'm like, I have to share this because <laughs> it's just been phenomenal. And I, I met my now fiance, and it's probably the most healthy relationship I've ever been in. And after I understood how I became so much more empowered, I feel like you put that energy out there and you attract like energy when you're in that space. And that's when he came into my life. And I thought, there it was. I get it. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's amazing. And Thank that's you. it. It's like always working on yourself, self-care, which then works on your energy and your vibration. And yes. energy magnetizes like energy. And yes. just another episode with Leah Mazur. If you go back and listen to episode 120, she talked mm -hmm. about that. Like she's a divorce expert. And she talked about when you go out into the dating field, like energy meets like energy. So if you're going out there wounded and hurt and resentful and angry at yourself or the narcissist or your breakup or life in general, <laughs> then you're going to attract the toxic person that also is resonating in resentment and anger and hurt, which is the narcissist. So interesting summary of our episode and totally ties into your book. Beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I think that people out there are just trying to make it through and everyone's got their stuff. I mean, we all have a little narcissistic parts. We all have a little borderline. We all have the dependency. We all have the avoidant. We all have all of that. And I think it's recognizing I can work with this person. I can be your neighbor. I can have a some type of distant friendship or, but it's all about boundaries and, and knowing that there's people everywhere just trying to make it through, but it's up to us to decide who are we going to really be with. And that's mm. the power. Mm -hmm. And loving yourself within first. Yes. And when you shine that light out, then you attract light for light. Right. Yeah. That was 100%. so beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. I am so honored to be here. Yeah, such a pleasure. And everyone listening, you can connect with her really easily by clicking the links in the show notes. And if you enjoy this episode and it really impacted you and it was powerful, 
take a screenshot of it and share it on your socials wherever. Tag us at Raven Scott Show and Tammy K. Her links to her socials will be in the show notes. I really enjoyed that conversation and listening back to it as well. I just want to summarize them for all of you who are note takers. So the first reason why empaths seem to attract the same toxic cycle pattern with narcissists is number one, childhood conditioning. Just that abuse and things were normalized. Number two, toxic positivity avoiding some reality and real harsh truths that help you evaluate with that clear, concise mind. Number three is lack of self-awareness and emotional intelligence, which all that means is just go to the brain gym, go to the emotional gym. And number four is unresolved trauma from your past. In other relationships, if you haven't resolved the pain and the trauma from the previous narcissistic relationship, those will crop up again. It's just like weeding your garden, right? Make sure you pluck the whole thing from the root so it doesn't grow back. And remember, like energy attracts like energy. So listen to the previous episode about raising your vibrational frequency with Sanjeev, episode 12, and then episode 13, how to realign your heart chakra after narcissistic abuse. Those are great ones to follow up with and really lock in this information you listening to the podcast is you going to that brain gym so good job for you awesome and remember always keep your unique light shining we'll see you next time don't forget for a limited time only you can grab your free copy on audible just sign up in the link in the show notes and i will email you your own special code to redeem your free copy Purpose, but do I grab a slippery surface, a heart attack? And sometimes you just gotta believe. For me, my block chakra was the root. No surprise. I always feel like there is no time in the world. My adrenals are always shot because I'm producing and editing and recording and drafting and creating and just too much, right? I, I do too much. But that's my unbalanced root chakra. And so as I've cleared my root chakra through the meditation, and I've done loads of other things, right? Emotion code, I'm taking Bach flower, and really focusing on slowing down what's happened is that I've now been able to move through and do the meditations through the sacral, and then I'll move through the solar plexus, and then the heart. So there's a vast amount of meditations in the library through the chakras, as well as guided meditations. So in addition to the library of guided meditations that I have the pleasure to contribute to, the app also uses a vibrational healing frequency that you can increase or decrease at your desire. So I'm so excited to be start hosting free live meditations in this app in February. So make sure you grab it for free in the Google Play or Apple App Store now so that you can be used to using it. Start using the app meditate daily and tune into reducing the suffering that you're feeling right now. It is proven. This is science now, you guys. This is so exciting. So tune into the app uh, daily for your benefit, but also to watch out for my live guided meditations coming to you soon. So sign up and the link to the app will be in the show notes.